listening to the Killy Shrew View podcast, the home of two clubs, one love, Shrewsbury Town and Kilmarnock FC. Listeners and welcome to another episode of Two Clubs One Love, the Killish Review. And this week it's a massive bumper one. Uh, apologies there to the regular listeners who uh, didn't have a episode to listen to last week. Unfortunately, me and Rob uh, decided uh, to become ill, and <laughs> unfortunately, on the very first weekend, it didn't uh, seem to happen. So, Rob. Uh, I'll bring you in. How are you feeling this week? You feeling much better? Yeah, I'm much better now. Beginning of this week was absolutely horrific. I'd eaten something a bit dodgy, and then um, you were about to go on without me and had something similar, didn't you? Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. I, I think it was just the gut feeling. I think, and I couldn't. I couldn't do it without you, Rob. You know, <laughs> that the podcast. I tell you what, I had. I had a gut. You. I had a gut feeling, but it wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I certainly had something similar. Um, <laughs> you must, it must, you must have just uh, passed by Scotland and swung. I know, yeah, but no, yeah. it was, it was not good at all. Um, but you know what? It's been great to be back this week. Uh, believe it or not, I'm full of positivity. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, even though it's uh, two clubs, two losses, um, it's still the one love. And uh, you know, it's two games in. Uh, got to be realistic, I think, Rob, aren't we? Um, yeah, it's only yeah. two games. It's early doors. And let's face it, Shrewsbury perspective, we're one point better off uh, than we were last season. And as a Kilmarnock, <laughs> we are, you know, in a, a different league. So, um, you know, there's got to be some positives. But we'll, we'll get into the nitty gritty of it all. Um, as a title of this podcast, being don't be a negative Nelly, especially after two games. The season's not won in August and it's not lost in August. Um, so there's a long way to go yet. Um, before I introduce our guest this week, who Kilmarnock uh, fans will know, uh, Neil Doherty, who he uh, runs a Kilmarnock Discord channel for Eastland, um, also trialling the Twitter space for me last week for the home games, which will be running uh, again next week on Sunday at Hunter Celtic. He'll be talking to us as well. I think he was there at Ibrox yesterday, so he'll be on. We also will be just talking about patience, which I just sort of talked about. Um, speed is the key. Uh, we'll be going on to that in more detail. Uh, also, discipline. Uh, we'll be talking about that and a bit of target practice. Now, Kilmarnock, um, I would say Kilmarnock and Shrewsbury for discipline and uh, target practice will probably link with both teams in that respect. Just a uh, bit. Yeah, just a bit. New recruits as well. We'll be talking about some new recruits that have come in the door at Kilmarnock, uh, what the expectations are with them, and also, uh, obviously, you know, if there's going to be any further signings as we come towards the end of the window soon. Um, and how can we not talk about Atkinson Stanley at home, Rob, without uh, Sean Worley, the homecoming of the hero? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Um, he started as well, didn't he? So, yeah, it was great. Yeah, fans' reaction. 
briefly talk about Celtic, uh, which is obviously Kamal's next game, Carlisle, which is Shrewsbury's next game in the Cup. Uh, we'll do a few predictions. Um, but before we start, and we and also bring in Neil, uh, I'd just like to have a massive congratulations, a bit of a belated one, because it would have happened last week. But well done to the England Lionesses. Her game two campaign, which kicked off last year, has been fantastic. And I think it was a fitting tribute to see England win the final at Wembley. Um, you know, just short of shy of 14 months after. I mean, what an incredible achievement. And it just goes to show that, you know, the last time England won the, the cup, you know, women weren't playing football. Um, you know, it's a fantastic achievement, don't you think, there, Rob? Yeah, it is. And to get that crowd as well to, what was it, 87,000, was it? Absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, um, yeah, well done to them. Yeah, 17.4 million views as well on TV, uh, which is a record this year so far. It just goes to show that, um, you know, that it does hide the minority out there. You see a lot of stuff on social media and that, but it's great to see the women uh, getting what they just deserve. And yeah. I can, you know, I'm sure you can relate to what goes on with the women's team down there, but also, you know, Kilmarnock had a bit of news um, just you know, before the season started. Got a new manager in. But previous success, um, you know, at Kilmarnock, ladies back in the day, <coughs> excuse me, and they've got uh, players signed up on their contracts as well. So, you know, there was a bit of coverage there, which is great to see. So um, it'll be good to see maybe a bit more um, coverage up north uh, with the girls team, maybe. Um, not, I think only Hearts are the only team to have signed into her game campaign. Uh, anyone that's listening to this, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you know, there is a lot of activity down south and obviously it's, it's good to see. So long may that continue. Um, and for me personally, you know, for someone who takes my five-year-old daughter to football, I feel in a comfortable place. I feel safe that I can take her there. Um, and she's not judged like, you know, like you hear the stories and on social media and that, but when you do go to games, you, you know, you do generally see that there's a lot of female uh, participation uh, within the, the, the crowds and that as well so now hats off and uh hopefully we, we see that grow stronger as well so yeah I, again, I, well I, I think the legacy um is is a big thing and and i think some of the um the pet you know the, the clubs um have a, have a lot to to say on that as well because um i was having a look and uh you know, the legacy off the back of this needs to be more bums on seats for the WSL. Otherwise, it's going to be in the same situation it was four yeah. years ago, you know. And um, and I was looking at the grounds that they all play in. And bar the odd um, big game, like a, like a derby or something like that, you know, they're playing in predominantly lower league or non-league or even rugby stadiums. Um, and, I, and I think that the... The, the clubs need to start looking at that, getting more bums on seats, getting Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, getting Man City playing at the Etihad, not just in when they play Man United or when Chelsea play Tottenham, you know, throughout. Right. I, yeah. I think that will help because at the minute, right. you know, going to watch Arsenal at Boreham Wood is not the same as it and uh, it's not as appealing. I think part of the reason for that is probably the crowds, um, and it's not advertising much. But I think you, yeah. um, there's there's no there's no way of advertising the women's football than winning the football and having it on of the course, games yeah. live on BBC. So I think um, it certainly has helped. But I agree. I mean, Kilmarnock do a fantastic job of getting the women to play on their own ground. 
at Rugby Park. So, you know, but yet Rangers, I think, announced recently that the women are playing at Airdrie. So, again, yeah. you know, why can't they play at Ibrox? So, you are right in that respect that there needs to be more done to support that because at the end of the day, they still represent the badge. They don't represent yeah. Boreham Wood or Airdrie. They represent, you know, like we said, Rangers or Arsenal or Tottenham or Kilmarnock, whoever. So, yeah. um, it doesn't matter whether it's a youth team, reserve team, whatever, they, they, they should be. Because at the end of the day, it's just more about respect and that that they're you know they are um they are representing the club but no of course hats, hats off anyway but we could go on about that all the time but it's it, i mean her game two have done fantastic work and long may that continue as well so well done to the her game campaign uh and and the efforts that have been put out there so far to highlight that and you know that, that's great stuff but Absolutely. what we'll do is we'll bring in our guest first and if you don't mind rob we're going to crack on and talk about um <laughs> Ibrox away, so we'll it. get we'll, we'll get the killy off out of the way first, and then the, <laughs> the pros and the cons, and and the bads and the ugly and all that. So Neil, uh, Doctor, uh, how are you? I'm good, Martin. Thanks. Pleasure to be on again. I enjoyed it the last time. Great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah, we we uh, had a good chat about Kilmarnock, and we had positive vibes going into the Dundee United game, didn't we? Um, how we we still got those positive vibes? Well, supposed to kind of break it down yesterday. Just... We made three changes. Um, I was at Ibrox. Um, one of them was enforced. Lewis Mayo, as we know, wasn't eligible. Um, Rangers yep. been his parent club. So we brought in new, new signing Dorset, Jerry Old Dorset, recently signed on loan from Reading. Um, I didn't realise you were going to do a new recruit section, so I'll probably just leave my thoughts on him for a bit, a bit later then for you. But um, we also brought in... Donnelly, Liam Donnelly for Polworth um, to give us a, a more defensive midfield and Fraser Murray came in for McEnroy at left wing back so I was thinking maybe that's a change that you maybe I know you are a fan of McEnroy's performance against Dundee United yeah. in the opener so maybe a surprise for you to see McEnroy drop out Yeah it was, I can understand why um, I mean I predicted the lineup and you know Funnily enough, we had this discussion on the Twitter space last week after the Dundee United game. Um, and we talked about like who's going to replace Mayo, as you mentioned there. And there was talks of people coming in, possibly. But um, I think I went with Sanders originally. Um, and then I think uh, Alan was it. He went with uh, McGowan, which... Um, I don't yeah. think we'll be ever near the starting lineup, if I'm honest. But I can understand his reason for why he thought that, because Sanders does seem out of favour. Um, even though he is on the bench and the match day squad, he's not really looked to be coming on. But I, cha- I changed it last minute when we got that new boy in, and I had a feeling he would play, and he did. So I got the def- I think I got the. I mean, we started with Sam Walker and goalers last week, like say Ash Taylor, Dorset, on loan from Reading, um, and Joe Wright. And you look at those three, and to be fair, I mean, obviously. We've got Mayo to come in as well, but quite large players, you know, from a set piece aspect. You felt as though if we were going to get Rangers and get them caught out, it would be because they do the zonal marking. So you felt as though if we were going to get a chance yesterday, it would be from set pieces, uh, especially with the big three boys at the back. Um, and then, yeah, I predicted Fraser Murray would come in, which he did. Um, but on hindsight, we probably would have been better keeping McEnroy in that left wing position just because it's not his natural position. But does Fraser Murray do the defensive work as much as what McEnroy maybe would have done? I don't know. But 
I still believe that when Mayo comes back in, we'll see Dorset move to left wing back. I think I mentioned that on uh, to you earlier today, didn't I? Or was it last night? Uh, about Dorset coming out wide left and Mayo coming back in. But yeah, I was surprised that Donnelly did start. Uh, what about Polworth though? Was you? I mean, some some were saying he didn't deserve to be dropped. Some, you know, some weren't that impressed with him from last week. What was your thoughts on Polworth being dropped? Well, it was just purely it was an obvious one, wasn't it? He wanted more steel in the middle of the midfield. Donnelly and, and Power is a much more defensive-minded midfield than Polworth and Power. And Mackenzie, I don't think I think Mackenzie for his legs was never his place was never in jeopardy. It was, for me, it was just purely to have two central defensive midfield players in there. I mean, on Donnelly, he, he, I, I thought I didn't think he played well. To be to be honest, um, I, I've been looking at the stats, and I know Kamalik have been quite been criticised for just sitting in, being very defensive, quite widely criticised on Rangers fan media and even the mainstream media. Um, but our stats, they don't, they really don't back us up or read well at all. I mean, Donnelly in particular, I mean, listen to this one, 14 total passes, 8 accurate passes, 57% pass success rate. I mean, that that, that is just truly awful, isn't it? 8, eight accurate passes all game. And, and, I think, and that actually... Yeah, no, I think... Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt there. Carry on. Yeah, carry on. What, what I was going to say was that... that I wasn't impressed with Donnelly's performance. I thought he was very wasteful in possession. And, and you, I don't know if you've seen the crucial goal, Rangers' first goal. It's, it's Donnelly. He goes to ground. Not only does he go to ground, and he, he passes the ball straight to, to Kolak, who mm. plays a 1-2 with Lawrence and sticks it away for, for the... I mean, the, that goal killed us, really. It was always going to be massively uphill from there. Having, I mean, to, to, to rewind, though, I mean, we, it had been pretty much one-way traffic in, in the first half. I don't think many Kelly fans, if they, if they were being honest with themselves, could say that we deserved something from this game. It was Rangers were tidy in possession. They didn't they didn't have to do an awful lot to put Kelly in the ropes from very early on. Um, Tom Lawrence signed for Derby County, looks a good player. Tillman, on loan from Bayern Munich, looks a good player. And I, th- I think for me that the biggest contrast was Stephen Davis and John Lundstrom. If you compare their performance to the two Kelly guys I've just highlighted, Power and Donnelly, I mean, th- it was it was just worlds apart and, and pass accuracy, just c- control in the midfield. I mean, I, I, I was dead interested in looking at the pass stats. I mean, Lundstrom, 73 total passes, Davis, 67 Lundstrom 92% pass success rate, Davis 91% pass success rate, and then you've got what I've just highlighted, Donnelly, eight passes, eight accurate oh, yeah. passes all game. I've, and and I've, it, it, told, it told, I don't want to be too stato here, but I, I, I was looking for stats to back up what I saw because it wasn't, it wasn't too pretty, Martin, I must say. And oh, we yeah. really didn't get any control in the middle of the park, and they just came in waves. And and that was we really rode a luck, and well, we're, we're lucky. It was really good play from Power to kind of shepherd Tillman. It, Tillman should really have, if he'd been a wee bit more ruthless, a wee bit more clinical. He, he was basically one on one 
Uh, that right channel we were exp exposed time and again. Fraser Murray was gladly anonymous in the game, Martin. So, yeah, that kind of takes us full circle, I suppose, back round to Murray and his introduction and your point about McEnroy might have been a better shout, possibly. Yeah, I think McEnroy has to be playing because... Everyone was saying oh, he wasn't that good last week against Dundee United, but I disagree. I thought he added steel to the game. He's got he's probably one of the best passers of the ball. And I just feel when you're playing a game like Rangers, you know you're going to be up against it anyway. You know you're not going to get the possession. It's like let's face it. Um, when you go to the likes of Rangers or Celtic, you've got to have a proper game plan. Um, you can't just go there and defend for 90 minutes. You've got to think like right, okay, we've got to stay tight, which we did for 45 minutes, in the respect that we. Yeah, we, we, we didn't let them score. So we obviously, we had a game plan there, but we also needed to make sure that when we broke and had that chance, that we had to really be, you know, take it. And I, I just don't feel from when I've seen the highlights that you look at the pace we've got in Ryan Abuse from Arsenal. Um, he's a player that we should be looking at as an outlet on the attack because we all know James Tavernier likes to get forward. Uh, not Jay, um, James Tavernier, sorry. Well, what I'm saying is Fraser Murray, like you're saying there, but Ryan Abusi on the left, obviously Barisic wasn't playing. It was that Turkish one, uh, Yemez. Uh, but even when uh, Barisic uh, came on with the last half an hour, you, you're thinking, right, let's let's go at him. You know, but we, we didn't seem to maybe go for their weaknesses. Um, and, and like you say, James Tavernier likes to get forward and that. And, and I understand as a, a wing-back, I suppose it's hard to try and sort of, if they're pushing forward all the time, get past them and, and break as well. But then, like you just mentioned there, the likes of Donnelly and that and power in the middle to support the wing-backs and, and like Harry. And I'll, I'll give you a prime example. Yesterday, I was watching the match today. I seen the Fulham. Liverpool game. We all know that Fulham, Liverpool, like Liverpool, nine times out of ten would win that, and you'd expect it. And and for me, Alan Shearer put a good point up about the press that Fulham did, and how they just got in their faces. And I just feel that sometimes you've got to be like that. And I mean, you were there, so I can't, you know, I can't say. But do you feel as though we didn't just do that enough yesterday? We didn't get in their faces. We gave them too much respect. There was no press, even at two 0 down. We we sat back again, even at two 0 down. And Ibrox, as we know, it's an intense atmosphere. It's it's a cauldron of a stadium. It's, I mean, call, call it what you like, but it's 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 not. It doesn't look like an easy play pace to play. It's 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 hard enough being an away fan. Never mind. Uh, so I mean, I don't want to be overly critical, but some some grow in that atmosphere and others shrink. And it was quite obvious yesterday. I mean, to to, to swing round to something maybe a bit more positive. I thought Joe Wright at the back was our best player. He, he was, I mean, and statistically, again, he's that that's that's proven. You know, he, he won four tackles, best of anyone in the pitch. And that, it just time and again, he was timing his, timing his tackles well. Uh, Ash Taylor was full-bodied. You know, what would we'd expect from him? He's experienced, he's played at Ibrox numerous times. But others, for example, Fraser Murray, he, I, I mean, don't want to be too too critical because he's just coming back to to match sharpness, but he didn't show us. He didn't really. It was quite disappointing. He didn't show us what we know he can do. He just 
he was hardly in the game at all. I mean, laterally, I think he stayed on for the full 90 and laterally did kind of come into it as we as we pressed a wee bit towards the end. But in terms of what you would you would call a, a press, no, no, Martin, we just sat behind the ball and waited for them to come on to us. And I always feared playing against Rangers in this 3-5-2 because of, as you've highlighted, Tavernier as playing as a second winger on the right. And I don't know why he played Murray. If I'm being, if, now that I'm really putting my thought thought to it, that that was because I don't think he's got a defensive bone in his body. I think Fraser Murray's been it's easier in you in the championship because you haven't got the same quality of players. But even then, there was there was flaws in his game as a defensive player. But obviously in the attack, he was brilliant. And at the end of the day, you can get away with that in the championship. But Regardless of whether it was Rangers or even maybe a Livingston or a St Johnston, those teams would expose that better than the Championship. So I do feel that we still haven't. Obviously, we're still looking to solve that left-sided wing back. Now it's it's a bit annoying that we got Rangers in the second game of the season because obviously it's disrupted our defensive unit after one game because obviously Mayo has had to come out of that. Um, I do believe next week, even though it is Celtic and they, they're going to be favourites and probably more likely would win, but I do feel there's going to be... I feel more positive about it just because we're at home. There'll be a big crowd again and we seem to be stronger at home. And I, I don't know, just I feel as though it'll be a different game to what it was yesterday. I'm not saying we're going to win, but I do feel we'll be more attacking and more of a threat. Um, I'm not really worried about... I, I can see what you're saying that it was a bit of a poor show yesterday, but if I'm all honest, it's early in the season, and I think you know it's one of them games we could have gone there and Rangers could have been rusty and we could have took advantage, or we just played like we did. But we've still coming back. We've got injuries coming back in. We still probably haven't got the right lineup we need. McInnes has been juggling around trying to put his team together and he's not actually put a proper team out from game to game, has he? And that's been down to the injuries. So I think as well, having Zach Hemmen missing, as much as Sam Walker hasn't done a bad job, I would say, Zach Hemmen gives you that presence at the back. He's more probably vocal um, and he'll come for crosses and that. And I think that gives the defence a bit of confidence in the rest of the team. So I think we just haven't got our strongest team at the moment. And the question begs to differ is when's Jordan Jones going to come back? Because he would have given us that outlet and that breathing space. I just think yesterday you've got Kyle Lafferty and Ollie Shaw up top and they're too similar. You need that pace up top. Um, we, I'm, you know, I mentioned about we're going to be talking about pace and that. Um, you know, we're, we're missing him. Um, and we're, we're, there's this boy that's meant to be coming in that's uh, faster than Marcus Rashford. Um, obviously, he's over at Nice at the minute in France, and he's meant to be coming in on loan, an attacking player. So, if he comes in, um, and, and obviously Jones comes back, we could see a real different dimension the next time we play the likes of Rangers away, um, and, and Celtic and, and bigger teams. Um, so, I'm not concerned really. I mean, don't get me wrong, after Celtic, we've got 17 games before we play any of those two again so really the league's going to be sort of lost and won in that next period of games would you agree neil 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm not too worried. I mean, it's a really stern test, obviously, early doors. And you've been making the point for weeks that Jones and Jones would have been uh, a good outlet and, and uh, backs, when your back's against the wall. And unfortunately, fitness-wise, he hasn't made it. And maybe the new player, as you say, if we bring him in, a new winger, they will have more when, when the big guns come back around again. But equally, we, we were quite wasteful in possession yesterday. That, that was what disappointed me. Yeah. Uh, what was quite interesting, well, I've been watching a wee bit of Rangers fan media and they didn't, from what I've seen anyway, this, the bits that I've seen on YouTube, they didn't appear to enjoy it very much. They, I think they felt that we frustrated them. We definitely did the first half. For us, for me watching it, it felt a bit like one-way traffic, but now now at half time, it, it did flatter us a wee bit, but you've always got hope. At that point, you know, and, and I suppose this is a point I, I made on your on the Twitter space and your previous podcast. I, I feel as if Commander under McInnes, we do hang in there. I, I do feel as if even even at one 0 I thought, and I've made this point before under under previous Commander managers of just not every obviously Commander manager Steve Clark being an obvious exception, but. When, when are the next, there's always a psychological feeling of when are the, the opposition going to score again, but under McInnes I don't feel that way I know we, we set out to frustrate them yesterday now now at half time maybe did flatter us, but I just felt the goal, they felt the, the goal came at exactly right, the right moment for them and it, and it really did, 51 minutes and we were really poor in possession Donnelly kind of compounded it for me what was a bit of a miserable afternoon he went to ground this I don't know if you've seen the goalie. Not only does he pass the call out, he goes to ground as well. So he totally takes himself out of the passage of play. Um, p- powers that the the left on his own, tracking back for the midfield. And p- Power almost gets a fit in the ball. He's, he's well, you can see him in the camera shot. He's he's almost almost gets there. But no, I mean it was. I suppose it was no more than Rangers deserve. But we were up against, and I, and I have to say it. I, I forgot how bad the refereeing can be away at Ibrooks. I mean, Kevin Clancy, it was absolutely abysmal. I, know, I, know, I noticed that. I was going to say, because I think in terms of fouls, they were quite even in terms of the starts, the fouls, yet we got six bookings to their zero, which is amazing, but you're not going to get anything at Ibrooks <laughs> as an away team. No, it was, it was absolutely abysmal. I mean, 17 fouls, six yellows, so a booking every three fouls, and no bookings for Rangers, 13 fouls. I mean, it's just, it's just unrelenting bias, really. And it's just, it's almost parody at this point because we've seen it for so many years and so often. You're playing against 12 men. I'm not, I'm not, I've not mixed my words here either. We deserve to get beaten. So, I think, I think, I think you're right in that, but you, you always go into the game. And I think even that maybe gets in the players' heads as well. And I think, I mean, it's just, you look at you look at Celtic and that, and you you just think they're drawing, and then all of a sudden they get two late goals, and you just and you know as a as a sort of Ross County fan, I bet they were thinking, yeah, but they just seem to get the lock. And I'm not saying that every week, you know, that that they're getting points given to them or whatnot, but you know, but I think at the end of the day, we all know that them two teams. I think at the end of the day, when you start the season, you realistically. You're aiming for third place at best. That's your. I mean, I know that sounds negative, 
but if you're if you're going to be a realist as well, you, third place. If you get third place, that's an achievement. That's that's like winning the title effectively. And obviously, we did that under Clark, and I think obviously everyone expects that since. But if you take Clark's two and a half seasons out of the equation, we've not really been successful apart from winning the cup in the last sort of 10, 12 years. You know, so I think what McInnes is doing, he's getting crowds back in. Um, he's installing a team, and I think once he gets by the transfer window and he's got his team in and the players are up to speed. And I, I said this last week, I said, you know, that team that started to get home to Dundee United will not be starting in, what, say, five, six, seven games. You know, we'll see a different team. We'll see a fitter team. And I do believe that the pre-season and the, and the sort of camps that we've had will effectively, um, um, you know, make us stronger as the season goes on. So I'd... I'm, I'm, you know, I'm. I see a lot. Of, I mean, what, what, what really disappointed me yesterday was like one when I seen the highlights, and that I was, yeah, I was a bit disappointed with myself about the press more than anything. I feel that when you go to these teams, you've got, you got to press them, you've got to get in their faces, you've got to, you can't be scared, you've got to, you know, at the end of the day, it's eleven v eleven. We all joke about the eleven v twelve with Rangers, but effectively, eleven v eleven on the park, you know, there's every chance we can go and win it. But we've got to do things a different way against the likes of Rangers and Celtic. We've got to we've got to press more. We've got to we've we've got to really get stuck in. We've got to make the presence. And if you don't do that, and Rangers get on top from the start, which they did, then it's like a training match effectively. And I think that's I mean that's probably the best way to sum yesterday's game up, Neil, wasn't it? It was literally a training match for them. Well, them yeah, they were considerably better than we were. And you've mentioned Steve Clark's era, so we've got something to compare it to. I remember watching, I think every every commander game live with Steve Clark was was the manager. And I mean, laterally under Steve Clark, we were. I know we 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 set out to frustrate, and we were pro- defensive against Rangers, but we were in control for long periods of those games. You know, Power and Decker, and that really reliable back four, that back line moving up as a line. And, and Dicker and Power had so much control in those defensive midfield positions. And I think you've made, was it yourself that was making this point recently? And then we would, we would because of that stability, we would find the outlet, whether it be Jordan Jones, somebody like that. Um, mm. and, and and Boyd even would, would hold the ball up probably better than anything that we saw yesterday from. And I know Laffer is just coming back to full fitness. Shaw wasn't his best day at the office either. Where his passing had been so accurate against the United, it was a bit off yesterday from from the word go, which was a wee bit disappointing. Yeah, I mean it was just one of those one of those afternoons. It was, but one nil to Rangers, we had a. You've always got a chance. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter who you are. Yeah, that's just what the positions that McInnes continually puts us in, and I like it. At no one, you've got a chance, and. We won a series of corners at 1-0 to them and, you know, if Big Taylor or somebody gets their head in one of those corners, they, they were getting a bit jumpy. You know, I was right next to the away fans and, I mean, credit to the Kelly fans, you, you, you sing all game in there and it's the away support is so important at Ibrox because if, if you can frustrate them on the pitch, the, the stadium gets more and more frustrated and the, it galvanises the away support more and more and and it just... Uh, a, I was part of it under Steve Clark, and we're not a million miles from it 
under McInnes, no. but as you've made the point as well, there he's not. We've been unlucky with injuries. He's not been able to build a a stable back line. He's obviously missed out on maybe one. Of, I don't. Obviously, we didn't intentionally leave us this late without a left wing back, which we desperately need now at this point. Desperately need. Yeah, I think. I think. I think. Um, yeah, I think to just sum up that we are going in the right direction again. Obviously, we're in the. We're back in the league. Last week was fantastic. Um, yes, we got a last-minute equaliser, but if I'm all honest, we should have won that game. Um, we didn't get the rub of the green with the win, but we still got the draw. That was the main thing. In my head, I had a feeling Rangers would beat us anyway, and I've still got that same feeling at Celtic. But that's just more to do with the fact that if it was under Steve Clark, I'd feel different. But any other manager at the minute, we're not. So it's a case of get these two games out of the way, and then let's start the season with a few wins. And if you know what? It's a free hit, but what I do want to see next week against Celtic is if we are going to lose, let's lose and go fighting. Let's, you know, I'd rather lose 4 2 than 2 or 3 0. I'd rather us leave gaps at the back and attack, if you know what I mean, as well. And, I, and what, I, what I mean is, I don't mean doing that right from the start. I mean, maybe have a game plan for straight Celtic, but there's going to be a certain point. If you go a goal down, don't do what you're doing. 20 minutes previously or 30 minutes previously, think, right, let's get on them. Let's get let's get an extra winger on. We're at home, big crowd behind us. Let's get in their faces. Let's attack them. If we open gaps at the back, so be it. But let's get players forward. You know, let's get let's get in their faces. Let's put them on the back foot. Let's let's attack them. Let's get some shots in their goal. So as long as we give it a good go next week and attack, I'm I'm all for that. And you know, if we if we end up leaving gaps and then concede and go two down. But at least we've given it a go. But what I don't want to see is is losing and going out of a whimper. And that will be the only disappointing thing is um, probably on the aspect of yesterday. And hopefully that doesn't happen again next week. And like you said, consistency with the lineup. It worked with Clark. The reason why it worked with Clark was because that team was literally week in, week out. There was not much like, like changes. And, and and that was the key. And if, if we can get a side that's solid and a lineup that's similar week in, week out, that's playing well, and we've got strong options on the bench uh, waiting to come on, then you know we'll, we'll be in a real decent position. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't want to come over as too critical here. You know, I'm a I'm a big fan of some players here that have given a bit of a a bashing, I suppose. I really, really like Fraser Murray as a player. I think he's been terrific for us so far. Really come onto a game last season was arguably our best player last season. I love Brody McKenzie last season, but Murray was every bit as good. And I, I just it's a question whether it's he's a wing back. He would really need to work hard on his game defensively to, to be a top Scottish top flight wing back. You might. What do you think for next week? You might go with the same eleven. Uh, obviously, Mayo comes back in, presumably. I don't think, I think changes. Yeah, I think I think it all depends on whether there's any signings this week. I mean, Jordan Jones, you know, touch and go to whether he's coming back in the lineup soon. So, if Jordan Jones is back, it's going to be a different game because he offers that dimension of pace, as we've talked about. He, he likes to get in their faces. He'll he'll attack the Celtic back line and look for the weaknesses. And you know. I mean, Jordan Jones especially, if Greg Taylor's starting at left-back, he, he knows that his game inside out. So, again, you know, if he does play, um, it'll be great to see someone like Jordan Jones playing so he knows his game and would maybe torment him 
Um, because Greg Taylor, as much he's he's quite good attacking, but can be a you know he's not probably he's not as good defensively as maybe some think. So he's, he's but he's a good good going forward. So be an interesting one. But I do think that um, the lineup there won't be too many changes. I got nine out of ten against Dundee United um, yesterday. So I'm hoping for a better. <laughs> Hopefully, get eleven out of eleven. But we'll see. But I will leave my lineup to um, nearer the week, and I'll share that on the feed. Um, but yeah, I think McEnroy will come back in. That's one. That'll get. That's one thing will happen. Um, but we'll talk more about Kamarnock and stuff in a moment. Uh, but Rob, uh, sorry to keep you quiet for a while there. Um, no, now I'm sure you've probably taken some of that stuff. I'm sure you can relate to some of this stuff. Um, with Shrewsbury as well, and obviously I thought you were talking about him. time at one point. <laughs> what was that? The bad finishing, the pressing. What was it? The discipline. What? What was? What was the? Uh, what? All of the above. <laughs> so you was you was at the uh, Atkinson game yesterday, the homecoming yeah. of Sean Morley. Mm. Um, first of all, before we go into the game and that, um, what was the reception like for him? Fantastic. He got cheered as if he just scored a goal against us, to be honest. <laughs> um, it was, yeah, it was brilliant. And he reciprocated it as well. He came over towards the West Stand and um, sort of clapped everybody before because he was um, he was on the right. So he was he was right in front of us in the first half. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was nice. And I think that um, it, it's a shame that players who give that much service and, and just leave at the drop of a hat sometimes when the contract runs out, they don't get that opportunity to say goodbye, do they? So this was a perfect opportunity for him to, to come back and get the reception he, he absolutely deserved. Yeah, no, I mean, if only we had a Sean Wall in our team that could finish like he did against Ipswich, that was his last goal, wasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. It was a fantastic goal. But just to fill Neil into context, uh, Neil, basically, Sean Worley is like the version of Chris Burke so just to, if you can if you can imagine you, you obviously can imagine Chris Burke so that if you imagine Sean Wall is Chris Burke there you go that's that's the context we're talking about and he's uh, and he's and he's fir- and our first home game this season he was against us after eight yeah. after seven or eight years being with us yeah so and he got a two-year deal fair play to him I'm surprised that we didn't keep him on and maybe even give him a year but oh yeah me too I do believe that he will come back in the future as a coach, at least, or maybe a manager even. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you know what, right? See, yesterday's game was frustrating because we talk about don't be a negative Nelly and all that. I know, I know. See, 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 like, excuse me, two games in, right? So last week, uh, before we go into the Atkinson game, Rob, I'm going to read something that your mate Wayne said about the Morecambe game. So, this is a great description of the Morecambe game he gave me here. So let's go to it. There we go. So I asked him for his thoughts before I was going to do last week's, um, before it got cancelled. And he gave me a fantastic description of Morecambe. So I'm going to quickly get that out of the way. And then we're going to compare, like, basically the side from last week's, uh, the 0-0 draw against Morecambe, to the 1-0 defeat against Arkansas. So he's put up a... So Wayne Burrows, special mention for future visits to Morecambe. Use the Morecambe Cricket Club to park and drink beforehand. So not only is he given us a great description <laughs> of the game, he's going to be given us a description of where to drink and park. So good on him. That's unlike Wayne. <laughs> he's uh, only a 10-minute walk from the ground and they offer a great selection of beers. So anyone who loves their beers and is going to Morecambe next, there you go. Very welcoming. Made his father-in-law, uh, father-in-law his son, and his mate welcome as well. Uh, shame the cricket had been called off due to the weather. Now, um, the weather, usually the weather's, you know, first game of the season, sun shining, 
there, but apparently it was pissing it down. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So there you go. But he said uh, they got a warm welcome anyway. Um, and yeah, he was uh, in the warm up. He said that he had to double check it that it was Shrewsbury Town that were warming up, as the shooting drills were amazing. Nearly every <laughs> shot was in the top bins to the point the keeper wasn't even trying. Uh, shame we didn't hit the target as much as often in the game. Now, to throw that into context, I think we had something like 17 shots on goal against Morecambe, but only hit the target once. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's no, no surprise to see that we didn't score. Like, Add back to uh, the 13 shots yesterday, and that's 30 shots with no goals. I'm sure that was a bit of a similar story after the, the Burton game and then yeah. the, uh, I can't remember, we played in the second game last Morecambe. year. Morecambe away. Oh, that was it. Yeah, that was right. Morecambe away, yeah. So... Stories for next season. Don't play Morecambe in the first two games. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a shame we couldn't save at least one of those goals for those five we hit past them back in March. That would have, you know, I know. But um, basically, he said that they started the brighter, passing the ball about quick and slick. Flanagan uh, kept looking for the ball, the big diagonal passes that worked really well, uh, but it didn't seem to happen often enough. So obviously Shrewsbury trying to mix it about there with a slick pass in one minute and then the diagonal the next. For me, I think the diagonal works better when you've got someone like Udo playing. It offers that yeah. more pace than that for me. Um, maybe we'll see more of that when he comes back to full fitness. Um, he said Bowman run uh, so much throughout the game, but passes are often overhit to him. Um, often, but his willingness to continue to run stood out. So I know you've got your thoughts on Bowman um, as well. But he, he seems, that's the thing with Bowman, he, he works hard, um, but he, for me, he just doesn't, he's not a natural finisher. No. Um, Morosi kicking was good, and the one-on-one he had when Morecambe opened them up in the first half was fantastic. So obviously, there was a big, massive save in that game. Uh, I think that was the best chance they had in that half as well. Um, he just felt that overall, we had too much of a gap between the forward plays and the midfield, especially when they looked at it long, maybe keeping the ball on the floor would have been worked better um, towards the second half. Uh, he thought that maybe the season had come too soon um, and maybe two more games we would have had a much better understanding of each other. And I can sort of relate to that with Kilmarnock in the respect that, you know, there's so many changes going on. Players coming in, players going out, players injured. Um, and maybe Shrewsbury probably have not had um, not that many pre-season games, whereas Kilmarnock had too many. Um, yeah as well but we certainly probably could have done with a couple of more games i agree um he did say one thing though he said after the game on the walk back to the car he was talking to a couple of morecambe fans and they said they thought that we were physical and dirty um i would say physical we're quite fairly uh physical in some respects but um dirty i wouldn't say we're dirty i just think we're more we're, when i say disciplined we're not we're, in terms of we're too naive we get into silly sort of scraps, um, as we'll talk about in a minute with Flanagan's, which is a bit of a bizarre one. Yeah. Um, so, he, yeah, he disagreed with the dirty part and didn't think that we were that more physical than they were. I think when you're in League One, most games are physical. You know, you don't get that pretty football. Too often, most teams look to try and battle it out with each other. But, yeah, that was his thoughts on that. So, thanks, Wayne, for your thoughts on last week's game. Um, I mean, there was a lot of positive other tweets going out from last week's game as well, uh, just to touch on that. I mean, you know, the team, they were great and happy we've had a team play. It was just that finishing article. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we've got to remember, we didn't have Udo and O'Brien. And to be honest, I, 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 looking at the first two games, that sending off for me changes everything. We're, I, I would say that we had the better of the chances, 
uh, against Atkinson when I've seen the highlights. You'll be able to go into it in more detail. Um, but for me, I just think that like that sending off totally changes it. See, if we don't have that sending off, we, we probably would win that game or at least take the point. Um, and it's just frustrating when you go on Twitter afterwards or the, the media, social, you know, there's forums and there's just so much negativity. And I'm like, you know, the league's not won after two games. You know, I mean, there's teams that have started badly and are sitting in the bottom half, like can be like, say, October, November, and then they go on a mental run. So, you know, I mean, remember Ipswich, they, they started mm. the season in the bottom four and so did Charlton and they ended up finishing ninth and I think 13th. So, you know, I just think it's mental to start going crazy and you know you've got you've got to put things into perspective and I, I do think that even though yeah okay we've not scored like in the two games but we're creating the chances and the fact that we've got two main strikers not playing yeah there's that's the difference for me and and even Cottrell said that in his post-match thing he gets the impression that if O'Brien was there that that would be the difference so I'm not concerned again with Shrewsbury. Like I said with Kilmarnock, I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned with Shrewsbury. I don't understand the negativity. You've got to put things into perspective as well. Um, I mean, I don't know. You you, you may have a different thoughts on that, but I'm not one for being negative right this minute. I, I'm, I'm much happier with how both Shrewsbury and uh, Kilmarnock are going into this season. Much better. Much, much better. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And um, some of the stuff I'll probably say that I've written down today will come across as quite negative. But I do agree on the um, the situation with, with O'Brien and uh, on, on Udo because um, it's a completely different dimension and they're very different players to, to Bowman who, you know, he's, he has his critics, but he was very isolated up there yesterday. And, um, you know, we did have a couple of chances. One was a good save and, and one he dragged wide. But um yeah, just I'll be the, I'll be the judge of where we're at. Maybe ten games in, once Udo and O'Brien have had a had a, a fair crack of games. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I'm just gonna. I mean, the one that impressed me in the highlights and who impressed me in probably the two games so far is uh, the Costa, fantastic yeah. player. And let's not forget, we've got Elliot Bennett missing as well, who again was a very one was our most consistent player last year. So yeah, yeah. yeah we're we're missing players. I just I just feel how can you you know, for me, I just think like. I just don't get the logic of some people. <laughs> you know, mm. okay, we've drawn one, we've lost one, but we could. I'm not saying we're going to, and and it's very unlikely we will because the next three games we've got. But what's to say we go into the next three games and win? I yeah. said we'd get four points from the first two games, and we've only so won. I, yeah. But then I'm thinking we're probably not going to get much from the next three games. But the opposite could happen again to what I'm thinking, and we could end up winning all three or getting seven points. So, and then all of a sudden everything's all right, we're going to win, we're going to get the playoffs, you know. So I just think, like, fans just need to be a bit realistic. Enjoy the fact that football's back. Enjoy the season. Yeah, have your agreements and disagreements and have your conversations. Like you say, me and you and I are not going to agree on every single thing. Uh, no. You know, you probably don't agree with everything I've said. You probably, I'd probably don't agree with everything you've said. Yeah. Same with me and Neil. But you know what? That's what football's all about. But in terms of getting dark, getting negative and getting all like, in terms of, oh, we're shit, this, that and the other, it's like, come on, it's two games. MK Dons were third, should have got promoted last season. They've lost the first two games and haven't scored. Yeah. You know, do you think their fans are going mad? Probably, because fans are fickle. And we're not, you know, Shrewsbury got fickle fans. Kilmarnock have got fickle fans. Everyone has got fickle fans. But I think we just need to, you know, you know, I don't care about any other team. I'm just concerned about my two teams. And I just think as fans, we should just stick in there and believe in the process and that. And end of the day, Cottrell has improved the squad on last year. He's brought a, a great calibre of players in. 
if we have a similar season to last season or worse, yes, Cottrell needs to go because, you know, there's no improvement. But for me, we've got to give him a, a you know, we've got to give him a chance to see what he can do with these this new bunch of players. So I agree. I agree. I mean, the main rumblings, because um, I'll be honest, at the end of the game yesterday, there was there was a there was a lot of boos. Like I would say, probably thirty percent of the crowd were booing. That's a, that's a big chunk for a second for a first home game of the season, isn't it? Um, it really is. And I, I think the the main rumblings that I was hearing was the squad's still too small, just like last season. Yes, the quality of players have brought in ten is is looking on paper like it's going to be better, but the squad is very small. Um, I actually saw one of the team sheets as well, and Accrington's. Um, squad in comparison, given their resources and the size of the club, was almost double the size of ours. Now, I'm not saying uh, we need a squad twice as big as we've currently got because that just wouldn't work, but um, I understand that to an extent. And the biggest other um, sort of criticism was, well, we need to, needed to be getting four to six points out of these first couple of games because if you look at the next four games, which you just alluded to there, or certainly the next three, you got Wickham away, Derby at home and Ipswich at home, and you know, there's a chance we could come out of that with with very few points, um, because you know, Wickham away, we tend to have a, a poor record there, and Derby and Ipswich are two of the biggest clubs in the division. So, um, I understand where they're coming from, but bloody hell, it's 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 one one home game in, and um, you know, like you said, the red change of a the game, um, there was absolutely no way we were losing that game um, as it was. We were defensively solid. I mean, how often did we, you know, talk about the defence last season? Um, but with Dunkley in the middle, it, that three is is better than the three that included Landau last season. So um, I'm staying positive. But there were a few things that I wasn't very happy with. But um, and but the biggest one was was the uh, reaction of the crowd. I know. I mean, I just. I mean, I've had a look at um, was it Sofa Score, which is uh, great for stats and all that. Yeah. In I mean, you know, looking at it from here, so our best three players in the team were Dunkley. Pennington and De Costa, who all play on the right-hand side of our attacking side, and I obviously alluded to De Costa being great on the right-hand side. So it just Fantastic. goes to show that you know we're quite solid uh, going down that right side. Pennington and Dunk, well, Pennington, we know what he's all about. Flanagan, for me, um, obviously we'll talk about in a minute, but you know he's again normally a solid player. Dunkley does what Ebanks Landell does, just quite a solid defender, wins all the headers. I just feel as though we bypass that midfield. Um, obviously, more quite solid, but I feel between Luke Lee and Moore and then Bayliss and Shipley, we didn't use it and utilise it enough. And obviously, that left Bowman a bit isolated at times because when they probably you, you you're wanting Bayliss and Shipley to support Bowman more um, and get so especially when the likes of Nurse and DeCosta are, are swinging balls in and getting forward. Um, and like you say, if Bowman's isolated, then that's really down to Bayless and Shipley getting forward and supporting. Mm. And I think that, like you just said, we'll be a different dimension when O'Brien's playing. So he's more of a natural forward player than maybe Bayless is uh, over Shipley or, yeah. or both even. Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're good players, good technical players. They've got good ability and, you know, it's just about getting getting used to each other as well. Yeah, like, yeah Bay- like, Bayless was good. And like Wayne said and alluded on that, Maybe the games have come too early. We needed a couple more games. But in hindsight, though, you look at Atkinson's uh, ratings and the man the match was in actual fact their goalkeeper on loan from Burnley. So that, um, you know, he didn't get man the match just standing there. He's obviously uh, he's, yeah. he's, he's obviously pulled off some saves and, and, and that. But, you know, 
I mean, you have to look at their whole backline as well. The, the backline got some great ratings over seven and a half. Um, you know, so they were obviously had a good solid unit there. Um, and yeah, it, their game plan worked. Now I'm I'm sure that the sending off, obviously the goal came late on. Um, as seen in the Kilmarnock game last week, red cards sometimes go in your favour, sometimes they don't. With Kilmarnock, it went in our favour last week. The player got sent off and we took advantage and, and Atkinson did exactly the same with Shrewsbury. Um, talk us through that sending off then. A bit of a well, silly one, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, the main um, reaction at first was shock because... Um, I don't know if you've seen the incident back, but it was a bit of a melee. Um, Morosi has clearly raised his hands to to one of the um, the Accrington players. He's gone down like a sack of spuds, and and I just said straight away to the people around me, "Oh, Morosi's gone here. He's, there's absolutely no way he's not he's not get, getting sent off." Burgoyne was up, getting ready to go and uh, warm up. So even the bench thought that he was uh, he was he was off. Um, next thing you know, he's walked, the ref's walked, gone to his linesman and then come back over. And he hasn't given Flanagan a yellow and a red. He's gone yellow yeah, and then show the yellow again and then a red. So he's given him three cards in one go. And I hadn't even seen one incident where Flanagan had done anything. The worst thing about it is you can't even appeal for it because it's two yellows and a red. Exactly. So. Um, having watched it back um, and from what I've read, um, he clearly grabbed one of the Accrington players in that in that bunch um but it's difficult to see through and he, he has grabbed him quite high and, and thrown him to the floor and and that's his first booking um but apparently he put his hands on the ref um i don't know if that's accurate i haven't seen anything i know he went up to the ref but so did a lot of players and it didn't look like he grabbed him or anything like that but that's that's what's coming out from it so and if he did then He's stupid. He's stupid. But then, but then, but then, but then the, but then the uh, ref is even not seeing Morosi push the goalkeeper, uh, sorry, oh, yeah. the player, or he's just ignored it. But if you're going to send Flanagan off for that, then you've got to send the goalie off. And as much as we don't want our players being sent off, um, the, the main point really is we we had equal highest amount of sending offs last year. We had six, but how many of them were stupid bookings, like I know. and stupid? I mean. It was just, and it's for me the the one gripe I will say about Shrewsbury is, and I'm not going to be negative about how we're playing and, and losing and, and and not scoring because I believe that will come. But for me, you, sending offs and bookings and that, like for petulant stuff, you cut that out. That's that's you don't train that, and no. that's that's. I mean, for me, that's that's either. I mean, if I'm Steve Cottrell, I'm. I'm I'm finding them, but I, I don't know. For me, you, you, that as, they're adults, like on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. Everyone be like that. Oh, it's bad discipline within the club. But I think, I think if anything, Steve Cottrell, we know what he's like. He's not a. He's quite quite disciplined, isn't he? You know, we've seen that in the yeah. in, in the media. So, um, well, look I what he think... did to Bloxham after Bloxham had that sending off early in the season. He barely played him for three months. Ah, exactly, and he's yeah, exactly. So, for me, I just think. It all comes down to the players taking responsibility, and and it's disappointing that you know that has really cost us. And Flanagan will, I mean, I'm sure Cottrell's not going to admit that and openly say that in the media, but it has cost us. But then on the flip side of that, you know, I seen the sending off, but I still believe we could do it because last year we had we had ten men against Sunderland and we drew. We beat Cheltenham after going one nil down, and with ten men at home. So, I did feel that we still we had that fight to get back in it. And to be mm. honest, 
the goal they scored wasn't anything special. We could have cut it out. I just think they just took advantage, and um, I think it just deflated us really. But you yeah. know, you ha- when you got the look, likes of Udo on the bench and that, and O'Brien not in the squad, you know they're going to be coming back in. So you know, going forward, for me, you just put Atkinson down to a one of them games. It's just it sh- we should have won. Um, we didn't take see 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 in the first half, right? We could have easily been two 0 up. Yeah. Um, the keepers pulled off some good saves, and that's the difference for me because it's nothing about the sending off after sixty minutes. It's nothing about conceding the goal after seventy minutes because if we're two 0 up, we're in control. Yeah. Yeah. If we get sent off, we've still got that advantage of being two up at that point. So, and 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 obviously goals change games, and and you know you don't know how the outcome of that game would have gone. So, for me. I, you know, you can look at it two ways, can't you? You can look at the, the us not finishing in the first half, or you can look at the fact that we we got that sending off down to a bit of petulance, and and it's cost us a game. Um, but but you're right in what you're saying um, about Bowman being isolated and that, and he isn't a natural finisher, is it? We've seen that last season, getting frustrated. But one thing I will say, he doesn't give up. He does try. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I agree. He's one sound like a headless chicken sometimes, like. Um, when that when the ball is played across the back line um, by the opposition, he sort of arcs his run and chases it as if he's trying to... It's, it's weird, he never makes an, an effort to block um, a clearance. And if you ever watch it again, you'll notice it. He runs from defender to defender, arcs his run, almost as if he's trying to show that he's trying to, but he never, ever puts his foot in to try and block a, a cross and um, a, a long ball. And uh, it's infuriating because it's, it's quite half-hearted. Yeah, no, it is, and it's, it's annoying. And after, after laugh at when you talk about like finishing as well, and, and our forward lineup, um, you know, Wayne said that he couldn't believe Shrewsbury were were warming up and shooting because everyone was going in, and you're thinking, yeah. why, why was that? Where, where's that in the game? You know, yeah. But, but as well, la, la, I mean, last weekend's Morecambe nurse hits a cracking shot, um, which deflects onto the bar. You know, another day that goes in, and mm. sometimes you just need a goal to lift your confidence as well. And I think because Shrewsbury are renowned for not scoring many goals in the last year and a bit, but look how things changed when we got on a run last year and we started scoring. The confidence grew and we started scoring goals. And you know, defensively, we were the third best defense until the eight until what thirty eight games in, and then obviously yeah. we, you know, we were the third best defense in the league. And, and it looks a similar pattern so far that way. So, uh, like you say, you kind of judge a game, uh, a season on two games, and I'm not worried, but it'll be interesting to see where we are 10, 12, 15 games down the line. Um, they always, the, the, the old theory is they always say, look at the league at Christmas. That takes a true reflection of where your season's going. Um, and obviously, at that point, you know the transfer window will be reopening again. But yeah, you were saying about the rumblings going on, but the window's not finished yet. So yeah, it's true, it's true. Um, and yeah, I can see why. Fa- Don't get me wrong. Um, I can see why why fans. I'm not saying that when fans like are saying stuff that I don't agree with is negative. It's wrong. I get where some fans say, "Oh, you know about the signings," because because Cottrell's been we've been there, we've been in that position with Cottrell, so I get that apprehension about that, and I get the fact that we've not scored goals in the first two games. But what I always try and say is have that have that thought process of what you're thinking, but also 
try and be a bit more positive about it as well. Don't I just feel as though when someone gets a negative thought in their in their in their head, it just stays there and then it festers rather than try and think of you know what what could happen, what could be different, you know. And it mm. doesn't help going into a game as a fan being negative straight away. I think you've got to try and be realistic, but also you've got to just you know remember it's your team. You need to get behind them, whatever's happening. And it's easier said than done because, you know, if you're at the bottom, it is doom and gloom. But at the same point, I just feel at the end of the day, if lockdown hasn't shown us anything, when you haven't got your football team about, it's a lonely place on a Saturday for a lot of fans. So, you know, just enjoy being at the games again and just enjoy getting behind your team and, and just really, you know, get behind them. I just feel that there's no need to boo after one game. It's like at home. No, that's no, it's that's absolutely crazy. ridiculous. Absolutely I mean, ridiculous. And that's and that's one thing that I must congratulate Kilmarnock fans on. The Kilmarnock fans travel so well in numbers. They like Neil said yesterday, we were getting battered by Rangers for ninety minutes, yet they sung the hearts out from first to last. Um Shrewsbury for me do that some games well, sometimes they don't. And it, it you know, and it is a shame that some of that negative vibe. I think they're worse it, at home. They're worse at home. They travel very well, and and the reception they give generally, win, lose, or draw, is is very uh, good. But I don't know whether it's the you know the fans that don't go to the away games. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. But it tends to be the home games where they get on their back a lot more. Yeah, to be fair, because we went to Morecambe last week. Cottrell said about the praise and the, the fans and that. And, and you are right. The away fans are good. There is the odd game, but. Yeah, you get that every time. But no, yeah. I mean, home is, home is like, see when I go to a home game at Shrewsbury and I've been to a home game at Kilmarnock, that's just so different. Like, yeah. you know, it's especially under McInnes. Uh, and that. I could probably, I can probably vouch the home crowds in previous seasons have been similar at Kilmarnock in the past gone by. Um, and I suppose it's just natural. Any football team that's doing rubbish, that's just the way it goes. But for me, I'm just trying to be a bit more of a positive person, a bit more of a positive fan, um, and don't get me, don't get, don't forget for one minute that I'm, you know, I'm realistic as well. Like that, mm. you know, there is there is times where we do need to not be critical, but talk about things that we need to improve on and yeah. and where things are going. But I just feel that sometimes there's too much negativity, and fair enough if we're talking about what was talked about yesterday, maybe halfway into the season or a quarter of the way into the season, but two games in, like, you know, that's, it's for me, it's just, uh, it's, it's just senseless really. But yeah. the each... biggest, the biggest plus is definitely De Costa though. So far for me. Yeah. Um, De Costa's great. And, and Bennett will have a struggle getting back in the team because, you know, you might get in midfield, well. I suppose, maybe. Well, um, that's, that's the thing. We have got that flexibility of our players and that's the beauty of it. And obviously Lee as well can, would switch on that left as well. So, someone yeah, described uh, De Costa as a uh, Granderson without the stepovers yesterday. Yeah, so um, I'm just going to uh, point out something in a minute actually as well, which I've noticed uh, Neil has uh, jotted up, um, which will please the Kelly fans when, uh, well, they'll probably listen to this and uh, it'll have already signed, but uh, that Sontana is, um, was apparently at Ibox uh, yesterday. So, that sounds like a done deal. But, uh, sorry for jumping in there with that, Rob. No worries. He's... Breaking news. Yeah, well, well, Marcus Rashford obviously was a fan uh, um, um, 
the Montgomerys. Uh, who was it? Was it for watching Dean Henderson, wasn't it? No, it was um, uh, Sean Williams. He's, he was a good mate uh, of Sean Williams. That's it, Roshan Williams, yeah. So apparently, um, when this guy who actually Patrick Vieira signed when he was at Nice, okay. um, Dorset, he's a winger, a forward player, yeah. and he he was the fastest player at the club, faster than Marcus Rashford. Um, and he got offered a two-year deal by United, but he rejected it. And he was on loan at Brentford last year, so he's got good potential. But apparently, okay. he, he is on the verge of joining. So, my uh, he might be in my lineup for Celtic next week against Celtic, but we'll see. Anyway, um, back to Shrewsbury stuff. So, yeah, go, going for obviously the Atkinson game itself really. Um, I think we both agree the sending off changed that the net the complexion of the game. Yeah, um, yeah, very much so. Yeah, which is it's just it's just what it was. But I mean, there is. Would you would you say in that lineup, uh, not that lineup, but that squad in general? We talk about the squad now. I talk about how Kilmarnock need a lot of speed in attack. Do you feel that we we lack that? Do you feel we've got enough pace in our side? Do you feel that we could do with a bit more? I think we could do with a lot more, to be honest. Um, I mean, yes, we've got two marauding uh, wing backs. I mean, yes, we've not seen a, much of De Costa yet, but he looks, he bombs up and down, and um, he seems very good. He he goes, he'll happily cut inside and and have a go with his left foot. He'll happily go round the outside looking for that, um, you know, that through ball, and uh, you know, it's similar with with George Nurse, um, but to, to a lesser extent. But other than that. I don't. I mean, obviously Udo as well. But um, you know, whilst he's not in the team at the minute, there's very little pace there at all. Um, would you agree? Yeah, no, d- definitely. Um, one thing that's interesting is uh, Pike's been introduced into the lineup yeah, of games, yeah. and he's um, had a lot of stick. He's one player, like like Neil mentioned, with Kamarnock players getting flack and that. Um, Pike obviously got sent on loan, hasn't had any success really with Shrewsbury, and he's not really favoured, but. He's come on in both games ahead of the likes of Bloxham, which is interesting. Mm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and um, do you know what? Pike looked alright yesterday. Um, no one, no one um, jeered when he when he come on because that has happened before, where an unpopular player comes on and and um, they don't get the best reception, which I always hate. Um, but um, yeah, he got a good reception. Come on, um, and he he was alright. Yeah, um, there was there was one run where he picked it up pretty much halfway halfway inside our own half and ended up. Um, nearly getting us a corner down the other end. He, uh, the marauding run down the left wing. Who knew? But um, I'm all for giving um, players another chance. And if he's seen something in pre-season, uh, the short pre-season we've had, um, but he thinks Pike could do something, you know, do a job in the squad, then I- I'm happy with that. End of the day, it's another uh, squad player as well. Yeah, we talk about yeah. numbers in the squad. So for me, I think it's key that we get Pike in. This is last year of his contract, so. It could go two ways. I'm not saying he's going to be the game changer, but you never know. No, he could no. Uh, surprise a lot of fans. And you know, if he starts getting more action and comes on and plays his roles, he might get a start against Carlisle. Which we'll talk confidence, about yeah, about. just give him some confidence. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah, I think so, and I think he's been harsher. So I hate people tagging players on Twitter or and. And saying the shite and just taking oh, the piss out of it does. Yeah. For me, I'm just like, I don't get it. Like, I don't, you know, what, you know, what gives you the right to think you can do that? You know, and tagging him in is 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 wrong. 
yeah, I mean, you can have an opinion in that and say, look, I don't think he's good enough. This, that, and the other. I've done that about players, but I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, you know, if I, if I, it's, it's one of those where I suppose if you're in the street, like, can you see him? You'd say hi, like, but you maybe wouldn't go up and be like, oh, you, you know, because you don't think he's that good. You wouldn't, really, you know, you, you wouldn't be rude to the player, but you but at the same point, you wouldn't chat abuse at him either. No, no, um, it's just tro- trolling. I mean, these, these, yeah. these, you hear it all the time of, you know, famous people out there who say, you know, I get trolled by people who, um, you know, if they bumped into me in the, in the street, they'd ask for a photo. So it's yeah, faceless, it's, isn't it? That's what I mean, because I'm not going to be honest. I don't think Pike is great. Um, but, you know, if I see one of my favourite players, I'd maybe, blah, you know, say hello and I'd maybe try and get a photo maybe because, you know, I maybe don't. But I wouldn't, but I'm one of these people, like, if I don't like a player, I'm not too keen, I would be like, say hi, but I wouldn't like <laughs> want to get a photo because it's like no, what no. you say, it's just, it's just all fake. But these, and it's the same when you go on online, I just think, I just think for me, like it's, it's you don't do that. Like it's you know if you don't like a player's opinion, because once you put something out there on Twitter, it's there for everyone to see. Absolutely. Um, and you don't you don't know how that player takes that. Like and it's the same with anyone. It doesn't matter as a player. Doesn't matter whether it's just a normal person like you or me. You know, everyone has feelings, and you just don't know how that affects someone mentally. Like because everyone, Agreed. you know, you know, mental health's a massive thing. Um, these days and obviously social media has a lot to answer for it and it's great for certain things like this for getting things out there and um, but it's also it's not a great thing for stuff like that so i'm hope I'm, I'm one of these ones that actually hopes that pike will um you know basically um score the winner maybe in the next game and um maybe we'll see a different perception I, I, but to be fair like I've been a big, big critic of Sam Cosgrove, but again, I wouldn't tag the guy no. uh, or whatnot. Yeah, I'll just mean. And joke about it and that and, and say I'm not keen on him and, and never will be. Um, but again, it's like, say, you know, I wouldn't go across and um, do what some fans do. And just annoying, especially when they represent your club and, and you're tagging them and hoping they, they, I don't know. You just, I'm not even going to repeat some of the stuff, but you just, for me, yeah. it's just, it's uncomfortable. So I'm, I'm happy that Pike's in the team is probably what I'm trying to allude to because hopefully he does get his chance. Um, and if he doesn't, and then we move on, you know, after his contract runs out this summer. So um, it's an interesting one to see what happens with that. But do you reckon he'll start against Carlisle in the cup? I think yeah. so. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I think if, if there'll be um, a number of changes, and I think he might go quite young on Tuesday as well because. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I couldn't give two hoots about Carlisle on Tuesday in the nicest possible way. I'd, I, cup runs are, are great, and you know the FA Cup in particular. But filling in Tuesday nights in in games like that so early in the season, I, I'm all um, about the league. The league really, yeah. I, I know that's probably not the, the best thing to say, but I, 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 I'm not. Obviously, I want us to beat Carlisle, but um, if we go out of the League Cup in the first round, I, I'm not going to lose any sleep. The only thing I would say on that is if we did go out though, there's more pressure on Cotterill and all. It's it's one of those where if we didn't put a young side out and we went through, but then we got two injuries, 
fans yeah. would moan and say, oh, yeah. why is he not putting a young side out? But then if we put a young side out and go out, fans will kick off and moan that why are we putting a young side out? So you'll never please fans in that respect. Agreed. And I feel as though the main thing about Tuesday um, against Carlisle is putting out a team that's strong enough um, and capable enough of competing and give them a good game. Yes, make some changes because we're, you know, we, we need we can't we got to be careful with with the squad at the minute. It's not being as large, and we have got bigger fish to fry, as you as you mentioned. But at the same point, I do feel that if we win the game against Carlisle, it breeds confidence into the squad all of a sudden because you get that win off the you get the monkey off the back of scoring a goal, getting a win, and there's less pressure going into the next league game. If we don't win, um, and we do put the side out. You know what fans are like. You know what yeah. fans in Shrewsbury are like. Um, it, it could be a total disaster, and we're all crying about getting relegated all of a sudden, and we're not good enough, and cots roll out, and so it's one of them, isn't it? It's well for me. I just I just want to get Tuesday out of the way. Hope we win. Hope we stay professional, and then build on for Wickham away in the league next week, which could go either two ways. To be fair, because they've Wickham. Obviously, won three 0 against Burton and then got stuffed this weekend three 0 So that you know they'll be. Who did they lose to yesterday? Uh, I think it was Bolton, wasn't it? Bolton Wanderers. Yeah, it was actually. Yeah, yeah. So, so it'll be an interesting game, but there's no. But like I said, uh, Neil about Kilmarnock, you know, we get to the teams that you're probably favourites. It's still eleven v eleven, and uh, we have been quite solid. And last season we got battered by them but managed to hang in and get a draw. So, mm. you know, we'll just have to wait and see. And I wonder, how do you how do you think Saturday will go against Wickham? Do you feel as though, how do you feel about that one? Well, Confidence, do you feel? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not worried. Um, just like, like a lot of the other fans that were, were moaning yesterday. But um, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's um, if we travel well and um, we can get Udo back in. I I give I give us a shot. I'd uh, would I take a draw right now? Probably, wouldn't you? Um, yeah, I take a draw as long as we're scoring. Though I'd like to see us get a, maybe a one-all draw. That'd be nice. Just get. Oh, a score I can't be doing with another nil-nil. Nah, but um, I do think that Udo will probably start. He's obviously come on yesterday. I don't. I think he'll come off the bench. Um, I don't think he'll start against um, Carlisle. No. And I think you'll probably see more dropping in place of Pennington, who will obviously be suspended for that game. Um, Do you mean Flanagan, less, sorry? Yeah, Flanagan, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Fla- sorry, more coming in for Flanagan. Yeah. Um, so he'll come in and drop at the back, so obviously he can play at centre-back, that's his more natural position. Mm. Um, and then you'll probably see one of Bayless or Shipley uh, drop back in uh, to the middle, and then obviously Udo takes that position up top. But then we don't know mm. O'Brien, I don't know if he's what the situation I think he's out for longer than expected so yeah um, hey, he might use Bloxham Caton players like that you just don't yeah, know yeah true yeah we don't know but I can see the likes of Caton and Bloxham getting chances on um, on Tuesday against Carlisle United and um, even though we're playing a probably going to play a weakened team I think we'll still win and I'm going to go for a 1-0 prediction on that what about you for Carlisle um, no in town does it go straight to penalties if uh, if we draw um, I think it does, yeah, because we had that, we had that seller, we had that 
um, absolute disaster against Lincoln last year where we were 2-0 oh, down and Uda scored and then, yeah, we went to penalties. I think it goes just go straight to penalties and we won, but yeah. All right, I'll say... I'll say 1-1, one, one, we win on penalties. 1-1, one, one, win on penalties. Right, okay, fair enough, that's good. So I'm gonna go I'll say Bloxham, Bloxham score. Bloxham, I'm going to go. I think Lee, he'll start, even though you know, he's captain, and he? so I'm going to go for him to score um, on okay. Tuesday. And then I'm going to, we've already said our score, well, I'm going to go for 1-1 one, one against Wickham. One, one. Same, same. Um, and I will have Bayliss. Bayless, Bayless. Well, I'm going to go for, you know what, I always went for a centre-back, then I, just for a laugh. <laughs> Do it again, go on. So, I'm going to go, for, I'm going to go for more, actually. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go for more to score, and I'm going to go for the Costa to set it up as well. I'll take that. So, yeah, it's going to, you watch it, you'll be, you'll be watching it and be like, but yeah, he'll set it up and all, like, <laughs> it'll, it'll, uh, it'll, get, it'll get a lot of assists this season, I, I, I guarantee yeah. it. No, definitely. I, I'm really, really impressed with him, and it's great to see that. Because the Coventry fans did say he was great going forward, and but not as good defensively. But but we play a five, so that's okay. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, you know, and I think it's great because he's got Bennett's great and consistent, but obviously the cost is more youthful and energetic. Mm-hmm. So again, quicker. Yeah, great options down that. Um, you know, if he's got a brother that's left-footed, then happy days. Um, <laughs> if he hasn't and he doesn't want to come to Shrewsbury, send him up to Kilmarnock because we need a left-sided player as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, as Neil will, um, has already alluded to. Um, really, we're going to sort of try and wrap it up soon. And so we've talked, I mean, we've talked about Rangers away. We've talked about, don't be a negative Nelly, be patient. We talked about the speed, discipline, the target practice we've talked about. Um, we sort of talked about new recruits and touched on that really. Um, to be honest, we'll probably have more of a feature to that next week because um, a bit of a harsh to really sort of um, maybe judge Dorset on uh, a game at Ibrox because it was always going to be torture for him. Um, but we'll see what he's like, obviously, once he's had a week in the building with the lads and we'll see if he starts against Celtic. Um, but he's a promising aspect, as is the one from uh, France that's coming over, so the Irish boy. And um, obviously, we talked about Sean Wally's homecoming, fans' reactions. We've uh, obviously spoke about one or two there, so thanks to the people that contributed to that. Uh, and obviously, we uh, thank the Lionesses. So before we leave, um, you know, we've also talked about Celtic and Carlisle as well. We just want to have uh, some predictions as well, uh, Neil uh, and Rob. So, Rob, you've done the Shrewsbury predictions. Neil? No, I'm not going against Kilmarnock. One each. Where's it at? Where's it at? Rugby Park. Celtic? No, Rugby Park. Is that how no, it... no, no, is that who you're playing? Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, Celtic, yeah. Oh, boys. Um... Don't, be <laughs> don't, 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 be a, don't be a deck. Um, I'll, oh, I'll, I'll say... Two one Celtic. That's uh, it. Me and you're over, mate. No, you, me, <laughs> mate, you, me, me, mate, me and you're over. You're not coming up to watch a game now. Shut <laughs> off. By, by the way, if you want to watch it, it's on Sky. Uh, okay. So, so well, saying that, I don't know in England they don't tend to put Scottish games on because. Uh, no, they do. But they players. do. They put. They put. They just don't. Oh, no, it's no, annoying. For, they put Celtic and Rangers on. Yeah, there, I, so I, 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 I forgot it. Celtic and Rangers are playing. If it was Celtic, if it was. 
Motherwell against uh, Kilmarnock, they'll be like, nah, we're not showing Honestly, that. it's so annoying because how are they going to get more exposure for the league down here if, if they don't it's, put the games on? Honestly, it annoys me. Exactly. Simon touched on that last week, the Bradford fan, didn't he? Um, yeah, he did. Bradford he did. Kelly fan. He was raging that he couldn't get a Kilmarnock game on. Um, well, okay, so you've gone 1-1, right? Oh, you've gone 2-1. Well, you know what? I said we'd get something against Celtic. And I don't know why... I've just got this sneaky feeling that we're going to win, and I'm going to. We are going to concede because it is Celtic. So I'm not. Martin's still poorly. You can tell. <laughs> no, we're, I'm going for. I'm going. Right, hey, thank me when you come back next week. I'm going two one. I'm, I'm positive. Oh, okay. We're going two one two one to Kelly. So we're going to go one nil down. This is the story. Right, I'm reading the story out. Here we go. This is this is what I'm watching next week. So we're going to go one nil down. Um, I don't know. Yacht is going to score. And then Big Ash Taylor's going to equalise for us right at half time. And then later on, Jordan Jones starts his first game and he sets up McEnroy to score against his former club. There we go. What what when's it on, lads? Twelve o'clock kickoff next week on Sunday. On, on Saturday. Oh Sunday, yeah, decent. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, how will miss that. Good man, good man. So that we've got we've got so a couple of shoes because I know Wayne will be watching it next week as well. I'm sure he will be. So mm-hmm. that's a couple couple of shoes be fans watching Kelly next week. So be um, you secretly want us to win, but you think it's going to. Oh be yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got yeah, I've got no no allegiance to to any other club up there. Apart from Kelly, yeah, good lad. Yeah, any, I said I said any <laughs> other club. I said any other club. Good lad, good lad. That's good. Um, as long as you hate Rangers or Celtic, that's fine. <laughs> anyway, um, Neil, what's your what's your thoughts in going forward into the Celtic game? You, do, I know you said a draw. Then, should you you're quite comfortable get a point? Then, like you say, do you feel? I wouldn't say I'm quite quite confident. If I'm being brutally honest, um, <laughs> they they look they beat. Aberdeen 2-0 in the opening day, they were comfortable, they got an early goal yesterday, a bit less comfortable, they uh, were drawn one each with Ross County till about six minutes to go, get two late goals, the, the Jota's goal on the opening day was an absolute beauty and he got three assists yesterday so he looks to be the, the real danger man. As you've highlighted, we've got, we're hoping maybe to bring in this a new winger this week from Nice, Deje Sutona, who has been pictured with, seemingly anyway, pictured with Kilmarnock at uh, Ibrox yesterday. So just linked you to a, a tweet there, Martin. I hadn't seen yeah. that. So, yeah, I mean, if they could bring him in, I, I don't know if it might be too soon for him. He's not been announced officially f- by the club. I'm not sure that Jerry will Dorsett the new signing is going to be the left wing back that we were hoping for. He's more of a centre back. He doesn't look. I don't think he played there. He played forty four games for Rochdale last season. He, for twenty years old, yeah. he's he's quite experienced. So forty eight appearances, I think, so far in senior appearances. Two for Red and one for us, and um, the rest for Rochdale. So. I don't know. I mean, Celtic are going to be strong. We're going to have to do the same. We're going to have to suffer, as McKenna said yesterday, against these teams. And I will, it'll be more of the same. I think as long as, as long as as long as we're positive in the attack and we don't, we're not frightened. As long, remember what I said earlier, we've got to just show a bit more ambition in the final third. And I think we'll we give ourselves half a chance. But if we sit back all game, then yeah, I do agree. We we are going to go with Rob's result, and if not worse than that, but. We've got to try and 
we've got to try and attack. And if we do go 1-0 down, which I think we will, because naturally we do against Celtic um, or Rangers, you know, in most games, then, you know, we've just got to attack. But no, I'm I'm going to, I'm going, my heart says 2-1. My head may be less so 2-1, but I'm sticking with my prediction on <laughs> on that. Um, Neil, it's been great having you on. Um, again, obviously we'll, uh, well, do you want to just sort of announce uh, what's happening on Sunday after the Celtic game? Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure again, Martin and Rob. Cheers for inviting me on. So after the Celtic game, which, as Martin has pointed out, kicks off at 12 o'clock on Sunday, as all Kelly fans will know, Martin and I will do a Twitter space at 3 o'clock. No. When, yeah, when yeah. Yeah, I think we agreed on three o'clock. I mean, it it may it may change. We'll announce, but it will, there will be a Twitter space after the game at some point between three. Four. Yeah, I've done that. Well, I'm just never great at retaining times in my head. So, oh, uh, thanks for sorting me out there, Martin. Thank you. No worries, Neil. Uh, always, but um, but yeah, no. And obviously, if anyone wants to follow Neil, uh, they can find him on Neil uh, Doherty. That's not Doherty, as in the. Uh, one that was on loan at Shrewsbury. It's not got a C in it, so... <laughs> yeah, I killed off at the 1873 is my Twitter handle, and we have a Discord, East and Kelly FC fan Discord, which is growing, is is good. Um, it's been good so far, and the link to that is on my Twitter bio if anybody's interested. Hey, stuff. Um, just one other thing before you go, Neil. I see you're flying high in the Fantasy League for the Scottish one, aren't you? Well, not too bad so far. I made a couple of changes uh, there for game week three. Um, yeah, a couple of things of what you know what fantasy league is like. I have a kind of love hate relationship with fantasy league. It's always been the English Premier League one I've played. Same and about what another one called so rare. Um, and I some sometimes I'm quite enjoying this Scot Scotland football fantasy using the Opta stats. But we'll see how long that lasts. I enjoy it when I'm on top. I've had a good opening couple of weeks, but when I start to lose that competitive side of me comes out and then I start to hate it. So hopefully, I mean, there's some good podcast content out there for the Scotland one. So I'd advise anybody who's interested in it and in the league to get on that. Some good tips and things. So not enjoyable yeah. so far. Great stuff. And uh, 20 Kilmarnock fans, obviously Shrewsbury fans banged on about this last year, about Fan Hub. Um, so... On Fan Hub, if you get on that um, and download it, you can track your mileage, where you, what games you go to. Uh, there's, there's prizes to be won, tickets to be won, um, and also the mo most important thing is there's great fan content on there and different podcasts from different clubs that you can listen into as well. So uh, get on Fan Hub, sign up for it. Um, you know, get get on it. It's uh, I'll put a tweet out for that after, and I've got a golden ticket to fast track on the queue as well. So you're not sitting in there for ages. Um, so I'll put out. But apart from that, thanks. And Rob, um, got anything to say before we finish up tonight? Stop being so negative. <laughs> Don't be a negative Nelly. Be a positive Polly. But for us, good night. Take care and speak next week. Cheers, guys. Thank you. <laughs>